This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 177, recorded on July 31st, 2014. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska, and we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, you can contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find me on Twitter, at Jay Collison, or now call those questions in. Still waiting for somebody to crank call me, 402 472-8450. Good crank call. Make it on the show. We'd love to hear that from you. Give me a call if you got questions. We'd love to play those as well. Call them in and we'll get them right on the show. And now Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. You know, if you're a regular listener to this, you know I've been railing on Dave about the homepage at the Geeks Network. He he gave me some admin access and I fixed it this weekend. So the links actually work. Thanks, Dave. Out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Join us in chat, watch or listen live on YouTube, Spreaker, or Mixler, and find all the navigation for all the stuff that we do, including the RSS feeds, out at theaverageguy.tv. All right, well, we've got a great show for you tonight. I have uh, Derek Labian from, he's the CEO from Mediafire here, and we've been talking about this for the last couple weeks. Derek, thanks for taking a few minutes to join me tonight. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. So uh, we want to get to know you a little bit, and uh, and just take us back. I, I have your bio, and I, it, like I said, you're the CEO of Mediafire. Been with the, you founded the company back in 2006. But walk me through a little bit about your background. You've done a lot of different startups. Uh, kind of talk to me about that. Mm, yes, uh, I'm an engineer by trade. So uh, pre pre startups, I worked at Compaq prior to being HP in the communications group, and. Uh, just a general technology enthusiast myself. I worked on a lot of uh, communications technologies in the late 90s, like cable modems before you know they were publicly out, uh, GDSL, DSL, you know ADSL, all those types of early technologies. And uh, you know, as an enthusiast, I just started uh, spending some spare time on it. And before I knew it, I was making more money on these side projects than at my job. And you know, Compaq hit some some tough times there, and HP gobbled them up, and there was a, a lot of uh, uh, layoffs there, and I just continued down this pipe. So you know, one thing led to another, and, and uh, a couple startups later, here we are. Now, tell me a little bit about the advent of, of Mediafire. I mean, so you're, you're, you, know, you work for corporate America, and then you know, you're thinking about, how did you get started? Why cloud storage? Why can't, what, what got you into that space? <laughs> Well, I wasn't working in corporate America at the time. I mean, I had already I had done another startup before that, Filefront, which was uh, gaming related. And uh, you probably either remember Filefront or GameSpy or FilePlanet, which was part of that. You know, all got gobbled up by uh, and consolidated by IGN. But it, that was basically a gaming distribution platform where uh, you know game demos would come out. The publishers needed to distribute them. And you know, platforms like this helped people download uh, patches, demos, modifications, all these types of things. So, you know, we did that until about 2005, and uh, Ziff Davis acquired us, and we became part of the OneUp network, which no longer exists either. It's part of IGN. And you know, when when we were done with that, 
we looked around at the marketplace and, and what the needs were and what products were out there and, and saw an opportunity for uh, a, a quick sharing product. So originally Mediafire was a quick sharing platform. And you know the knowledge that we had amassed previously doing you know large volume distribution with uh, a gaming product directly applied here and it was an opportunity for us to take all that knowledge and, and understanding and apply it to something you know, new and innovative, and, and so that's how we got started in 2006. So when in 2006, when you're first getting going, what, your target, kind of the target audience, or what would have been your perfect customer when you, when you were first getting going? Well, in, I mean, 2006, it was a free product, completely free, and uh, it was basically a web-only service. You'd basically just upload a file into the cloud. It would go into your account, and then you could share that file out. So it was a logistics service for uh, moving data around outside of email because email was so restrictive at this time. A very similar trajectory from Box in the early days. I mean, Aaron tells a very similar story. Yeah, and so really, I mean, the idea is now, of course, as, as email has gotten more, I mean, I think email has gotten a little bit better from that. And, of course, mm -hmm. the cloud storage space has matured in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. I mean... Um, as I've been keeping track of, I have this cloud storage guide, and over the last couple of years, I've been kind of updating the companies that are in there. You know, we've seen an increase in the free storage. We've seen an increase in file size restrictions as well going forward. What how, what do you see in your customers? Uh, well, let's let me let me back up before that. You've made some changes recently to the service. Uh, when I was, you know, a year ago when I had updated you guys. Still some file size restrictions. Uh, it's certainly not as generous uh, storage space. Everybody's kind of moved that way. But what what are you guys seeing in the cloud space that really kind of made you change to what you are today? Uh, well, I mean, the changes that you're really speaking about and, and the maturity of the cloud storage space, I think, go back to the continuing evolution of, uh, of, of the space in general, you know, from a web-only solution to desktop uploaders to file syncing and sharing and so it's going to continue on like that and you know as as though the the market has evolved you know mediafire has evolved with it uh, but you know we still of course have users using us for legacy purposes for things they might have used us you know seven years ago for and so really the changes that we made over the last year are designed to bring this in line with a storage based model and a storage-based model doesn't have file size restrictions, et cetera. Yeah. And so as you look at, I mean, as we look at Dropbox, as we look at Box and, and Copy and some of, you know, there's a lot of players out there at this point. Um, what's your biggest concern? I mean, what keeps you awake at night as you think about the competition that's out there? And, and you know, how are you working with a lot of players that are in the space right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in general, there's a pretty big rush right now to enterprise and to capture the business market. You know, uh, Box is exclusively focusing on that, but ultimately Dropbox is eager to get into that market. And, you know, uh, Google and Microsoft are, are trying to use bottom-up adoption tactics to, you know, infiltrate those markets as well. And we're going in the opposite direction. I mean, we're focusing more on the consumer instead of less on the consumer. And uh, the things that we've been working on and the products that are coming out are, are designed to move the experience for the consumer two steps forward. So uh, I don't know that those keep me up at night because, you know, there's going to be a, 
an increased focus on consumer instead of a decreased focus, whereas everyone else is, is going the other direction. Yeah, so everybody's kind of flooding to the enterprise. They're seeing mm -hmm. that as the silver bullet. And, uh, and you guys are coming back, which we appreciate from a, you know, we're a consumer show in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. We talk about consumer offerings and, and yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the cloud storage. I, I mentioned to you uh, in the pre-show, a lot of the guys and gals that listen to this program, they're kind of home storage. You know, we all kind of grew out of that home server show that we've, mm -hmm. that's been on for such a long time. And, and that's kind of the community. What do you say, so when you've got a, when you've got a consumer and, you know, really what's taken up so much space today is when people are ripping their videos, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's the big, that's the mm -hmm. big deal. Or when we, when we talk about guys who are maybe a little suspicious of having their data in the cloud, wh mm -hmm. what's your sales point? I mean, what do you say to them? What's the, what's the corporate speak to get them to, to make their way into the cloud? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on the individual consumer and what their, their goal is. Some people want to get their data into the cloud for backup purposes. Some people want to get their data in the cloud for convenience. And so, you know, the different angles have, have different value propositions. Um, f from a standpoint of, of Mediafire, um, as it, I guess as it pertains to local storage and, and people storing stuff locally, we're more focused on uh, on getting getting your media into the cloud and then helping you interact with it and not so much uh, moving forward on the backup aspects. So, you know, uh, we see the value proposition in that ease of use and uh, hands-off approach to accessing and working with your media. So whether that means uh, if it's if it's my music, I can get to it easy and play it from anywhere. If it's videos, I can watch it. Yesterday, I as I was pre uh, prepping for the show, I wanted to kind of see how things had changed from a media standpoint. So I uploaded both some MP3s and some MP4s in there, mm -hmm. and I noticed uh, super easy to get the data in, and then I would come I would come back to it and be able to just play it right there on the web. I played it right off my Android phone. I came on the Mediafire app and played that. Looked great, by the way. I, I was like, this is this is some some great stuff. Are you doing some any uh, there any doing doing any kind of caching or CDN trickery to get to deliver that content out to me faster on devices? Uh, well, we've been investing a lot of time and energy in our platform. So, you know, we actually transcode data, audio and video real time on the fly now. So, you know, uh, most of the services out there you're going to see, you know, they're going to uh, upload a video and then they're going to encode 20 copies of it. And then when you request it, it's a file. But we actually transcode at the time of request. So when you're on your device there, uh, the request comes in and we transcode it for the optimal rate for that device based on speed uh, of the device, size, etc., and then it streams down to your device directly. So uh, that, that gives it the appearance of being faster and, and also instantly accessible. Yeah, it looked good. I mean, I was, I was, I was very surprised how good it looked on my phone. Uh, transcoding right there. Uh, I, was, I was coming across Wi-Fi. I guess it probably looked as good on 4G. Uh, mm -hmm. Coming across, but uh, that part looked really good. It, it streamed well off the PC, so it was like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm gonna ask you a question about that from a podcasting standpoint a little bit later, but but mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about your plans real quick because you really simplified things, at least in my mm -hmm. opinion. You simplified sure. it. Your free plan comes in. At, is it still a 10 gig uh, starter for you guys? Uh, yeah, with free bonuses up to 50 gigs. 
And bonuses would be me sharing the the link out and so on. Yeah, well, I mean, you install our desktop app and you get, I think, 5 gigs. And you install our mobile app and you get 5 gigs. So it's it's pretty easy to increase that. Pretty easy to bring it up. I think I'm at 55 at this point. I somehow got there fairly (laughs) easy. So it it wasn't terribly difficult. You do mention, though, ad-supported downloads. And I did Mm -hmm. not see, as I was messing around with it the other, you know, the last night, I didn't see any ads. Where, where do those ads come in? We hide them. We hide <laughs> them away. No, uh, they're vestigial. They're really regulated to that model back in 2006 when we were ad supported. So uh, it really only comes into place when you're doing uh, public distribution. I mean, you take a file and you want to share it with 10,000 people. That's ad supported. Uh, whereas on maybe a service like Dropbox, that would just be blocked after 20 gigs of transfer or something to that effect. So. Uh, we don't block it. We allow it, but we support those transfers with ads. And and what's the form? Oh, what's the form of the ad? How does that? Is it is it visual? Does it come out in in the, in the audio or the video? How does that come out? No, no, no. There's no ads in any of the audio or video. It's it, the only time there's an ad is an actual file download. So when you're streaming audio or video, uh, there's no ads. When you share directly, there's no ads. Okay. There is a a single box ad I think on audio or video pages or something like that if you're viewing it through our, our web interface only. And if I, set, if I set up a RSS feed uh, mm-hmm. to it, if I created a folder and, and pointed a feed over to it, mm-hmm. I assume no ads in that? Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'll talk to you more about that here later. But let's talk about the, uh, at least at this point, um, on the pro plan, which I think is for for most of our listeners, this would be the one they're most interested in, and mm-hmm. by far the most generous and the cheapest as of this mm-hmm. recording here. You know, on July thirty first, twenty fourteen, a terabyte for twenty five bucks. Right. Basically, that's that's the plan, straight up. Yeah, a year or two fifty a month. Okay. Say that again. Oh, or two fifty yeah, a month. Plan. Yeah, or two fifty a month. I but but <laughs> that seems at, at the at the monthly plan. I mean, at twenty five bucks, yeah. um, that's I, that's that's kind of crazy cheap. I mean, we, we, you're the first ones we've seen to really. I know there's a race to the bottom, right? Microsoft and Google and Amazon are making this race to the bottom, but so far you guys are the cheapest. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. that's Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to get cheaper, too. I mean, our goal is $10 a year for a terabyte, and that's what we're shooting for in the not-too-distant future with our, our new, you know, uh, uh, new types of products that will be coming out later this year, so... Okay. Um, also, there's some, some, some more announcements on things that are coming out. Well, I mean, we have an iOS and Android app coming out that are going to do camera import is, is the, the, the big update, but they're also oh, native good. apps, and so they're faster... They're smoother, you know, but the camera imports the big deal there. And then we have a, a, a new platform that's coming out, or I should say a new front end for our platform that's coming out that is really geared towards uh, that consumer vision we see in the future. So can you tell me a little bit about, um, and, you know, don't give away any secrets, but mm-hmm. um, how do you, uh, what are you using on the back end that's making that so cheap? I mean, it, you know, people are worried about, I'll be honest, when we talk about inexpensive programs or free programs, mm-hmm. we've watched plenty. I, I saw, we've saw Ubuntu One go away. We've seen mm-hmm. media, um, shoot, I should know that, sorry, another cloud service go out of, you know, go out of service. Um, because they were doing the free or a freemium model. How are you doing that so cheap and making the business model work? Uh, well, you know, we were founded in 2006. That's before really cloud availability, before AWS, etc. So we own and operate our own infrastructure and network. So 
we control everything and we get the economies of scale effectively. We pass that along. So you're it's all on your own data centers. You're not it's not going off to Amazon cold storage mm -hmm. somewhere. No. It's staying right there in the area. You in and uh, is everything coming back to to the Houston yeah. area? Do I have to is yeah, latency we, an issue? Well, you know, Texas in general, Dallas and Houston are both pretty centrally located, so you know, it's it's good for US consumers. It might not be great for the guy in China, but <laughs> well, okay, but you're focusing on the U.S. probably exactly. uh, at this point. And so, so $24 a year gives you a terabyte of space, which I, I'm drooling over at the moment. And for some, you know, in some ways, 20 gig. So there's still a 20 uh, 20 gig per file. Is that like upload uh, an upload restriction? I mean, we got to set a limit somewhere. Yeah. That, so I mean. Well, I was just wondering. It's an arbitrary limit. We get customers okay. saying that they need to upload files larger than 20 gigs, then we can address it. But okay. uh, it's an arbitrary number. Yeah, it's really just to say you've got one. It's almost like, you know, this with this one terabyte limit, really most customers, that's unlimited, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there isn't a lot of people who have a terabyte of data, right, for the most part? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, uh, that in, in saying it's a terabyte, you're almost, why not say unlimited? I mean, why not just blow that thing open and make it unlimited? Uh, you know, we actually, I mean, had an unlimited plan many years ago. Uh, I don't think people really understand the concept of unlimited per se. You know, the, it's hard for you to understand unlimited. You know, it's like, it's the difference between saying, hey, this is free and this is five cents, right? Five cents almost sounds better because it's tangible. You can relate to it. It's a nickel, you know. Same thing with a terabyte of storage. You know, you can understand a terabyte of storage. But... You know, there are people that will use up the terabyte of storage, so we do have to have a limit somewhere, and, and uh, you know, our margins kind of determine where those limits are right now. Yeah, do you, you track your, uh, we talk with CrashPlan, that's one of the, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Code42, one of those guys, we, we do a lot of, a lot of the guys use CrashPlan for backup, and they can tell me, every time I interview them, they always tell me, you know, the, their biggest client has 60 gig or whatever uh, mm -hmm. backup, and they, they are, they do stay unlimited. You guys track that? Do you have a huge customer that that uh, is is uh, is filling the thing up? We have had lots of customers be well over a terabyte. Yes, Th thousands and thousands over. You know, you get them into 10, 20 terabytes. I mean, people get big accounts. Would it make sense for me to uh, a lot of the guys? Uh, mm -hmm. They want to watch their movies. You know, mm -hmm. this is they rip their movies down and and want to watch them. Would it, with as good as the streaming is for you guys, would it make mm -hmm. sense for me to rip those in, a, in the highest possible, um, you know, video format that I can get, uh, resolution that I can get, and, wa and watch them streaming from you? Is it Netflix quality at the end of the day, or it, is yeah, I mean, we're going to stream it back? Yet? No, we're going to stream it back in high quality. Like I said, we've invested a lot of time in our our platform for audio and video encoding. So you know, we write our own hardware codecs that actually. Uh, transcode the video in the CPU right when requested, and, and that does 1080p video at 30 frames a second. So the quality is good. Um, the, you know, the technology on the front end hasn't actually caught up as well. So, you know, there's a lot of fragmentation between Android and iOS and what each browser will support. You know, Microsoft is, is using H.264 and, you know, Firefox or Mozilla is pushing their codecs, and so uh, we have actually a new uh, front end that we've been working on that will actually unify across the board video. So we'll be able to use a single codec on the back end 
to play video on all browsers and you know all the major devices, iOS, Android, Apple, etc. So uh, the experience is going to get better. Until then, there's going to be some fragmentation. But in reality, I mean, what is is that the experience? Uh, it, most most. Well, the fragmentation is going to affect your band. I mean, it's going to. You're asking about quality, so yeah. Yeah. on certain platforms, you know, you're going to get a direct stream. So if you're going to uh, watch on a platform we can't support, you're going to get full data stream, and that might be too much quality for a certain device. So that's where the fragmentation affects you. Okay. Okay. It's just one of those things I know they'll ask. Uh, we, we, we talk When we talk about media streaming all the time, one of the reasons uh, everyone, a lot of folks in this community says, no, I need to build these big, gigantic servers as home is because I want really good quality mm -hmm. you know, for these videos that I'm ripping. And uh, so it sounds like we're getting closer to the point where, where storing it in the cloud is going to make more and more sense because you'll get mm -hmm. that quality back coming in. Well, so it'll be interesting to keep up with you on that. And, and uh, I'm super interested because it does make it easy for me to keep that stuff up there. I mean, with a one terabyte limit at 25 bucks a year, I can throw that stuff up there and and store it as well, and then maybe stream it when I want to. And and it gives me the the, the flexibility to stream it at home or stream it on my phone when I'm on the road or or what. And that sounds like that experience is just going to keep getting better. Let's talk a little bit about your business plans because those are kind of also as large. I mean, those those have a lot of space um, as well. 25 bucks a month. Um, we'll get you uh, up to a hundred terabytes, and this was the interesting thing to me. You can add additional hundred people to that account. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. And, and so that's basically shared storage. Yeah, yeah, they're all sharing the hundred terabytes. Yes, exactly. That are in there, and um, and so a pretty good. And I think everything else then is kind of the same along those lines, right? It's just a shared. You have. Do you have an administrator for those accounts? I mean, is it treated kind of like a business? The master account, account is the administrator. Um, there's some other features there. We log everything verbosely. There's a detailed security log, so there's some additional controls and things like that. But uh, you know, our primary focus is on the consumer. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned you know storing video in the cloud and, and having a better interface for for accessing that because that's you know one of the primary things that we're working towards addressing. Uh, over you know the next six months, um, providing you know uh, better front ends, different front ends from the existing MediaFire front ends that uh, address accessibility of video and photos and audio uh, in a streaming format that uh, isn't file system based, and, and and that also provides interfaces for things like Chromecast and AirPlay. So you know for somebody like you storing a movie in the cloud. Uh, being able to access that without having to go through a file system per se, and then being able to display it back to your own television through any number of interfaces is is where we're headed. Good, no, good, and 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 let me slip into a little bit of podcasting because I think this is as I was looking at what you guys are doing. You know, we're talking about ripping movies, and that's easy. There's lots of easier ways to get your movies than ripping them and uploading them. You know, to to file storage. This idea of content creation, of course, that's the business we're in when it comes to podcasting and such. And we're creating, as podcasters, we're creating larger and larger and larger artifacts for uh, for both our audio and for our video. So, like right now, you know, we're recording this on YouTube, and I'll, it'll make an MP4 for me. And I'm I've I'm always struggling to kind of find the right way. Sure, I can push it to YouTube, and then I have some YouTube restrictions. 
Um, and so when I saw your offering, all of a sudden I got really interested for, for podcasters to say, oh, do you guys want to be or is it, 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 would it would it be within the terms of service for you to be my media host mm -hmm. for podcasting? Could I put audio and video files? You create the direct link to them, which is perfect because that, that then I can embed them in my RSS mm -hmm. feed and we'll get them. Is unlimited really mean unlimited? If I if you if I you know have a thousand people hit that on a Saturday afternoon uh, to to download my MP3 and to watch the MP4, are you guys okay with that? It's not unlimited on the bandwidth side. There is a limit, and when you're pro, we track that on a per transfer basis, and um, you can actually see kind of uh, your bandwidth and and how it's changing. So uh, on a pro plan, you know a one terabyte account gives you uh, 10 terabytes of bandwidth, and on a business plan, it goes up from there. So, you know, it's it's takes quite a bit of uh, traffic to go through that much bandwidth. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So 10 terabytes per month mm -hmm. to do Correct. that. So so once I reach that, I get throttled, or I just get shut off. Now, once you reach that, well, I, I mean, if you're talking about uh, using our audio player, is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm talking about using your, uh, you know, direct like linking our to our audio the, interface. Yeah, no, direct linking the MP3. So I get a, you know, my file name.mp3. I embed uh -huh. that in my RSS feed, and then people with podcatchers, when they are retrieving the feed, that will automatically download to their device. If they, if you listen to the MP3 on the MediaFire website through our built-in player, it's unlimited. Okay. If you download it, then it's treated like a file. And when you get a pro account, that becomes a direct link. So when you copy that link for your file, completely bypasses the MediaFire website. Yep. And for that, you'll get X number of terabytes. And then that, that bandwidth rolls over month to month. And and you said that's the 10 terabyte. Uh, that's the 10 terabyte limit on the pro plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a 10x bandwidth increase over. over no, the I, yeah. No. Super generous. I'm just. As I'm thinking through, one of the things I've personally been thinking through is how do I, I'd love to find a great uh, host provider for my video files. I've, I have not created an RS, a video RSS feed. In the years we've been podcasting, I've kept the RSS exclusively to audio. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those files are smaller. They're 100 and, you know, they're, no, what would they be? Yeah, they're under 100 meg. And, uh, you know, I get a 1,000 of those going on. But I, I got to start doing the math as I was looking at your, at the offerings that you were doing and that you gave a direct link and that it seemed like you wouldn't, you know, I did this with Google Docs. Uh, mm -hmm. They opened up, they give a direct file link too mm -hmm. in there. And I tested it. I put it as the RSS feed one time and I set the feed live and within five minutes it was locked, right? I mean, they 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 not only locked the file, they disabled from me getting to it. Yeah. Again, I couldn't, it wouldn't give me access to it. You guys see that a little bit differently. Yeah, you see the same kind of problems, like I said, with Dropbox. I mean, Dropbox has hard limits on the amount of transfer, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, our roots are in sharing originally, and, you know, that's kind of carried forward, and it's continued to be part of our product line. A lot of people use us for that type of distribution. So, uh, again, controlling our, our own infrastructure and network, um, we can do a lot more on the transfer side than maybe somebody like Dropbox who's paying for S3 transfers, who's paying Amazon's margins, et cetera, so on and so forth. Yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, that, I'll have to sit down with a calculator and kind of figure out, I mean, how I assume if I bought the pro plan that I would get a dashboard that would kind of tell me 
how much bandwidth I've used for the month in, in sharing? Yeah, basically it tells you how much bandwidth is available, and that'll yeah. basically drop over time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. Uh, the files, the video files are a lot larger, of course. You know, mine mine would range in the, uh, you know, the, just under a gig uh, for that. Um, and so it would, you know, I'd get, I'd get quite a few of those downloaded before I, I, I might reach the limit. Um, you know, it, that's not the the most popular way to consume a podcast is not yeah. video. Most people don't yeah. do that just because of the restrictions on their end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's that's a lot of MP3 transfers, I promise. Yeah, it's a lot of MP3. I'll, I'll, not as many video, which is what I was kind of hoping to use you guys for. Is it a one-minute video or a 30-minute video? No, they're an hour <laughs> worth. It's, it's this show, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's an hour yeah. worth. And, and I can compress those down. You know, I've used, um, I can get them down to 250 or 500 meg. Um, from that standpoint. Now, that being said, like I said, there's not as many customers. You know, my listeners, mm-hmm. not that many people. Most of them, they don't want to download. Like in the UK, that would be insane, right? They, those mm-hmm. guys have, have caps. We've got caps here in the US. There's caps in Australia. So a lot of the US and a lot of the English-speaking listeners don't really, you know, they're, they're not going to download that to their phone because they've got mm-hmm. five They've got five gig caps yeah. themselves, and you yeah. know one of those files would take up uh, you know a tenth of that. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't see a lot of it. I might try it, but that'd be okay. I mean, right? If I if I put some MP4s out there and I put them in a feed, and it would be a direct download, and mm-hmm. it would I, I could use it in that format, and that would work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm I'm going to give it a try. I'll, I'll probably be a pro customer this weekend, and uh, and I'll, and I'll give it a shot. One of uh, one of the guys, uh, phony other gym. Then we have another gym, and now we have a phony other gym in chat. He says, "What about streaming to Roku or Chrome? Well, you talked about Chromecast, Roku, Chromecast, and TiVo. Mm-hmm. Are those platforms that are supported?" Yeah, you know we don't support them today, but you know, this goes back to our bigger vision about how do we take the consumer cloud and march that you know three steps into the future. Where is it going to be? You know, a couple of years down the road, and and I think we see that a lot differently than than uh, some of the other players in the space like Dropbox, etc. So while you know everybody else is focusing on how do I get my documents and how do I get enterprises and and how do I extend my file system into the cloud, we're really looking a little bit uh, more introspectively and saying, hey, what does a, the consumer really need with their media? And and we think that you know for your the the photos and the video that you're generating on your phone, which we're all generating tons of it now, and uh, you know your personal audio or personal video collections, we don't really think that the current interfaces make a lot of sense. We don't think the file system itself makes a lot of sense. I mean, it made a lot of sense 20 years ago with MS-DOS, but uh, today we really believe in media-specific interfaces. You know, the way you consume your photos is different than the way you consume your audio and video. And you know the the products that we have coming out uh, later this year really take the platform that we have, the great transcoding technologies and the great storage prices, and give you a different front end, a front end that's really geared towards consumer media. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, it, it provides a new interface for accessing those that are contextual and social and meta based, so that you can consume the media as actual media instead of files without worrying about if it's a JPEG or ping, without worrying about if it's H.264 or some other codec, etc. And, and then have that really in the cloud where it's accessible on all platforms and, and be able to connect it out. 
With your app, I'm just thinking, just brainstorming through some podcasting stuff again, because that's what we do a lot of, and I also do a podcasting show where we talk about podcasting. Through the MediaFire app, if I shared that link out to individuals, or they, they, because um, really your roots are in sharing. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about sharing that, talk a little bit more. If I want to give somebody access to that, is there a way for me to give open access to a folder? That someone mm -hmm. could subscribe to, and when I would drop that uh, that audio or video file in the folder, they would automatically have access to it. Yeah, I mean, you can share a uh, folder publicly, and you can also have people subscribe to folders. That's what our following system does, and and basically allows you to uh, put a link out there for a folder that says podcast, and people to follow it. And then when you put a new file into uh, the folder, they're going to get a notification that says. You know, Jim added a new podcast to this. Yeah, so that's podcast. almost like a podcatcher in the sense that it, that it, that then they would log into the the MediaFire app. It would give them a note, a sort of or a notification that hey, you have something new in that folder, and then they could play oh. it right from there. Sure, but it's still file system based. Wouldn't it be better yeah. if they subscribed to you, and then when you added a podcast to your MediaFire library, they just got a native interface for it? Yeah, that's that's where we're headed. Good. Good. Well, uh, that that that's exciting in the sense that, from a podcasting standpoint, that makes a lot of sense to us, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you know, I would love to have, you know, RSS is old, right? And you're like you're saying, it's file system based. Um, I'd love to have some uh, some options to, like you said, they subscribe to me or they subscribe to the podcast, and they have a way downloading that app. They subscribe to make it simple, and every time they I, so I do something new. They just view it right there on, because that's I think where most people are listening now is off their phone for the most part. They're mm -hmm. they're uh, they're getting it that way, or I you know I guess they're getting it. No, I'd have to say phone. I mean I guess they're still getting it maybe in iPods. I can't imagine there's too many more iPod people out there <laughs> that are listening to podcasts anyway. So so good. So I can expect, and I'm not going to hold you any timelines, but you, this is active stuff that you guys are working on yet this year or early next. That may be some things I want to watch for. Yeah, you can definitely expect to release this year. I mean, we've been working on it uh, in in parallel with you know our new iOS and Android products, et cetera. So yeah, so the current I, uh, Android product I have is going to get upgraded with some of this functionality that's coming. Well, no, it's going to be upgraded. Think about it more as like two parallel paths. You have your data stored, and yeah, if it's stored on your computer, you could access it through uh, Explorer in your case, right? Or you could access it through the command prompt. These are different interfaces for the same data set. And so uh, we're really looking at MediaFire more holistically as a platform where your data is stored. And then we're giving you multiple ways to access it. So the MediaFire uh, iOS and Android updates that are coming really improve upon the existing apps and also offer you camera import, automatic import, and things like that. Uh, in parallel, there's a new. Uh, front end that's coming that really focuses on that uh, experience of consuming and surfacing your media contextually and uh, in media specific interfaces. So an interface that's designed for photos, an interface that's designed for video, so on and so forth, instead of a list of files. So okay. that's, that's kind of what's coming this year. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like a podcast app. I mean, that's <laughs> not what you're. That's not what you're intending, but. As a podcaster, I would, and I'm going to use, I believe, in getting my media every possible place I can, you know, as far as the various services. We're on Podomatic and we're on Audioboo and we're on Spreaker and we're on Mixler and 
all these different, a Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all these different media outlets. But I'm going to add Mediafire uh, to that. I'm you know, going to begin to look at it now that I know this is coming. Begin to look... Go ahead. Your hammer, everything looks like a nail, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying that. I, that's that's what I'm saying. But it it is an interesting, you know, as a podcaster, I want to get everywhere people listen. And mm-hmm. I'm also, I also believe we've in the podcasting um, space. It's still too hard for the average person to consume these podcasts. I mean, mm-hmm. podcasting is growing, but it's still really a geek. Uh, it's probably ninety percent geeks listening uh, to to podcasts. It's getting more. Uh, it's getting you know. There's more people, more and more people listening to it, but a lot of them fail when they try to get subscribed. And so, I want to yeah. create easier and easier ways for them. Well, to, you know, I think it goes back to the basic premise that people don't care about. I mean, you, you keep saying I send it out as an MP3 or whatever. People don't care if it's really an MP3 or they don't care. They don't care how it's delivered. They just want easy access to it and just to work. So they're going to see more of that in the consumer cloud, and hopefully we'll lead the charge. Yeah. No, and I, I don't disagree with you. Today I am limited by the systems that I have sure, access yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and so I've got to do some trickery, right? I mean, uh, sure. thank goodness. Uh, companies like Stitcher and iHeartRadio are coming along and consuming some of that content and making it easier, a little bit easier to get to. Um, but uh, I still want to. I'm, I'm still very interested in easier and easier uh, models to try and uh, and to get that done from a, co- a podcasting standpoint. Anything else, Derek? I've I've uh, kept you almost up to the limit here, but anything else uh, coming up that you want to highlight from a from a MediaFire standpoint before I let you go? No, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things coming, so, uh, I mean, I could probably talk about it all night, but, uh, uh, you know, what we'll do is we'll, we'll get your audience early access, and uh, you can check it out and see how it works for you, and and uh, see what you think. Yeah, very good. Well, I'll certainly be, and when you say early access, I'm assuming it's just meaning communicating through us when stuff is going on? No, I mean, we're going to be doing a beta program, and, you know, we're looking for early adopters, people who are technology enthusiasts to participate in that, you know, help guide feedback of these new kind of products and concepts that are, you know, very forward-looking and, uh, you know, also help us fix bugs and things like that. So, sure, sure. You know, it's a great well, audience yeah. for that, I'm sure. You can say, yeah, you can sign me up. We do have, we've got a lot of guys that have a lot of tech experience. You know, I seem to... You birds of a feather flock together, so I got all these middle-aged guys who've been around tech uh, most of their life and like to complain about it a little bit. They like to maybe troubleshoot your uh, your interface and, and give you some honest feedback. So we'll stay in we'll stay in touch. And as you guys have, uh, as because I'll be I'm going to jump on it. I this has got some real promise, I think, from a podcasting standpoint. And and I'm going to let other I do a podcasting show on Saturday mornings. We'll start talking to them about these are all podcasters that listen to the show. And uh, we will. St- I'll, I'll certainly bring this up and and uh, be able to talk about what you guys are doing because I think it sounds uh, pretty exciting from that standpoint. So I appreciate you keeping in touch with us from that standpoint. Well, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, to be on, and maybe we can catch up with you. Would you come back on again in six months when or whenever you have some major releases and maybe talk sure. about some of the stuff you have going on? That'd be great. All right, great. Thanks All for right, having me. Yeah, no, thanks for being on. I'm going to stay on a little bit. I've got some community stuff to go through with these guys, but it's dark outside, and you should be going home to uh, spend some time with your kids. So I appreciate it, Derek. Thanks a ton. Thanks, Jim. You bet. Have a great evening. All right. Well, that's uh, that sounds very promising. I don't ever do, like, a solo podcast. This is going to be kind of weird, um, but uh, Derek Labian from... 
Media Fire was on, and uh, it sounds oh, man, I am uh, I'm very interested at this from a from a podcasting standpoint, um, and I hope you guys uh, I hope you guys are too. If you're listening in the car or you're uh, listening live, um, I hope that's kind of been intriguing. A very interesting way at looking at cloud storage as opposed to file structure. We hear him, I heard him say this a bunch of times: file structure and format. And you know, downloading—it's more about, and it's—it's it's really true. I mean, think about the audio and the video and the pictures. Those don't need—you don't need to download those, right? One of the, as we've uh, gone out to the cloud storage guide, one of the things uh, we've looked at is this idea of these these um, own cloud, right? The private cloud service where you're not moving data around, you're not syncing, and it's not—you don't have multiple copies all in one place. But that you really have, um, you know, you're just really you're consuming it where it's at. And uh, as, as we looked at some of those products in the cloud storage guide, it just became evident to me that we don't need to necessarily start moving all this data around. And uh, hey, Randy, thanks for joining us out there as well. I just saw you in chat. I've been listening to your podcasts the last couple of weeks and uh, have really enjoyed them. So thanks for coming out tonight to uh, to listen to mine. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super interested in this and in, in this this progression with them. He sounds like a very forward-thinking guy when it comes to media, and uh, I'm very interested in what they do. So, I'm going to stay up on this over the next uh, months as we head into the fall. And uh, certainly, I'd love to if they're going to do everything they say they're going to do. I would love to make this um, a work from a, a subscription standpoint. So, could I? Put my files out there and say, uh, download the Mediafire app and subscribe to me there, or create a link that automatically helps them subscribe um, there to on Mediafire. Would that make it easier for the average guy, so to speak, to consume podcasts? That's one of the things that keeps me awake at night, trying to figure out how to get people, how to make it easier for my mom, you know, how to make it easier for my sister who would never listen to podcasts. Give them an easy way to uh, to get. Subscribe. It's just still too. It's really still too hard, and uh, it's 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 not easy for them to get it done. So, yeah. So, and Randy said it sounds like inexpensive MP3 storage or MP4 storage. To be honest with you, you could put a lot of MP4 out there for folks who don't really care about detailed stats. Mike Howard and I were talking about Randy. Mike Mike and I were talking about detailed stats before. You know, um, yeah, you wouldn't, in this case, you wouldn't get those stats if they're streaming them off there. You would get them if they download it through the RSS feed through like a Blueberry app in, the, in WordPress or something like that. But you definitely would kind of lose those stats. I, Randy, you're a podcaster, and I know Mike Howard's out there too. He's a podcaster. I'm caring less and less about my stats. I'll be, I mean, it's kind of nice. I go in there just to kind of get a feel for who's listening, but. More and more, as I do this longer, more interested in the quality of the conversation, knowing who you are, or knowing Mike Howard, and having the conversations or the conversations that I have with you guys every single week as we come out here live. I'm much more interested in that discussion than I am about saying how many downloads that I have or knowing how many downloads that I have. I know that that's an ego thing for some of us. Um, and it's nice for me. I look at it when I look at my stats and I see how many we have downloading, and it's a good it's a good feeling. But something worth something will be taking over to uh, ask the podcast coach on Saturday mornings, and so we'll be talking a little bit about this and uh, and getting Dave's. I'll be getting Dave's opinion on it as we go, 
and um, and so we'll go. Uh, Loft did ask a question. Did we ask whether his software supported Aug or, or Vorbis? I, I, I didn't ask that. Um, you could go out there and check that out. Mediafire.com. I think they probably support just about anything that's out there. He's very interested in consuming. And so uh, let me go through some, just real quick, let me go through some uh, housekeeping here before we let you go for the night. And I guys appreciate you keeping me up. Um, yeah, so Randy says I've never cared about stats, much more interested in fast servers. You know, one of the interesting things, Randy, as he talked about, you know, they've built their server infrastructure from the ground up. They're not using S3. They're not using um, some other kind of storage that's there. So um, it's one of those one of those deals where, and they're very interested in the audio and uh, in, in the video speed, right? getting it to you, streaming it to you, kind of changing your your viewing experience. So. It's one of those things, um, you know, I guess you'd have to worry about stats, and I don't want to go too much inside baseball on podcasting. Uh, we'll do plenty of that on Saturday mornings over to Ask the Podcast Coach. But, um, you know, you do if you're going to do advertising, you do need you do need to get some of those stats because those advertisers look for that, that kind of stuff. And, um, it, yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that more. It's kind of interesting. For 25 bucks a year, I'm going to try it. I'll probably buy the pro plan. You guys know I don't really ask for. I try not to ask for that free stuff, and uh, I just like to pay for it at 25 bucks. It's certainly worth it to give it a try. So I'll be I'll be giving MediaFire a try this weekend, getting signed up and and uh, moving some video files. The real my real intent is for them to become my video provider for this, not just YouTube. We're gonna still stay on YouTube. I get try to get my stuff everywhere. Um, but to also be a video um, provider as well. Yeah, by the way, so Rennie asked well, uh, about Randy's show. Listen, it, I said this a couple weeks ago. If you haven't listened to Randy's show, I think if you listen to this show, Randy Cantrell, and he's over at Leaning Toward Wisdom, no S, Leaning Toward Wisdom. If you haven't listened to that podcast yet, uh, Randy, thanks for doing that. That has become quickly one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, it's a it's a, it's a it's a soul podcast, is what I call it. Randy spends some time just talking about life and uh, and the things that cross his path, and he does a great job of doing it. He's got a great radio voice, and uh, I look forward. You can't make enough of those, Randy. To be honest with you, that's kind of the the one non tech podcast that I listen to every single week. Uh, well, or when he put, he puts it out, he doesn't put a podcast host out every week, but. Uh, it is one of those podcasts that I really look forward to, and uh, it has become over the last. Uh, I think I've listened to the last four or five episodes, and I just really look forward to them. So, leaning toward wisdom out there, just look at. I think that's just leaningtowardwisdom.com, and uh, look it up in any podcatcher. Give it a try. I think you'll like it. I think if you're in my demographic, you will uh, you will like it. And Randy, that's been great for me. All right, let's cover some. Uh, let's cover some some. Uh, just some housekeeping stuff as we go. Uh, Randy, we all have a face for radio. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the community. One is we have a brand new LastPass Enterprise trial. Um, uh, the guys from LastPass, we've had that on a couple times. They reached out to me and they said, hey, we'd like uh, to give you an affiliate link for LastPass Enterprise. And so if you're interested in the Enterprise trial, just head out to theaverageguy.tv slash trial. And that will get you in uh, at least to their trial software if you want to give it a try. If the enterprise buys it, the average guy.tv makes a little bit of commission on that stuff. Of course, we turn that back into um, that. We'll turn that back into uh, you know scholarship money for uh, those folks that uh, need tech stuff. You know how that works. The the average guy tech scholarship fund. 
And uh, and then again, I want to thank you for purchasing through Amazon, just the the average guy TV slash Amazon. Those funds come back around into giveaways, and we've got uh, we have uh, John out there right now with one of those Wi-Fi extenders, and he's been reviewing it. Dropped a little bit in the Facebook group, uh, talking about it, some pros and cons, and he will make a post for us. And uh, that's what the average guy scholarship fund is about. Uh, if you want to try something out, usually around a hundred bucks, let me know. I'll buy it for you. I'll ship it to you. You review it do a post or come on the show and uh, talk about it. That's it. You get to keep it. I just don't like begging vendors for, for junk. And so, uh, but we want to, we want to do what you guys uh, indeed want to try out. So let me know. Those are the two ways to do that right now. And uh, last pass, uh, we'll be back on here later in the fall and we'll have them back in talking about stuff. They're good friends of the show. I want to remind you of the, um, meetup that's coming up in September. We'd love to have you come out to Indianapolis. Uh, about 25 spots or so left for that. It's just 20 bucks to show up, and hopefully it's probably a little more if you got to travel. I'll be coming from Omaha to Indianapolis, but uh, I have a link in the show notes. It's been out there for a while. Get out there and get signed up. Dave is on vacation, but when he's back, we are going to make a full head run for the meetup. So it's coming up September 20th. It's coming up fast, guys. I mean, so it's already August. So we have about a month and a half to go to the meetup. If you have not decided to be there yet, decide quickly because we need to know from a space standpoint. And we'll have a great lunch and a good time. And um, so we're looking forward to having you out there. Again, that link is out in the show notes as well. And I'd love to have you get registered. One final reminder before we go that... Uh, I, I join Dave Jackson every Saturday morning. If you are a podcaster and you want to join us on Saturday mornings, 8.30 Central, 9 Eastern. No, that's not true. 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern AM, that is, on Saturday mornings. We have a great time. I have a, uh, I really enjoy hanging out with Dave Jackson on Saturday mornings. We talk podcasting. So if you want to join us out there for that one, we'd love to have you come out. Askthepodcastcoach.com is the way to do that. And uh, we have a good time uh, when we get together. And uh, Randy says in chat off topic, Jim, but you mentioned crash plan being used by your guys. Is there a particular reason that you guys like those over the other? Um, yeah, so I had mentioned a lot of the folks in our home server community use crash plan. We talk about it a lot. Well, Randy, one, it works great. Two, it's 60 bucks a year. Three, it's unlimited. And four, in, in a lot of cases, it just works. There are some edge cases where if you have a large memory set or some other things that the software struggles a little bit, but that's just like anything else. Uh, it's fairly on the edge, but we've liked CrashPlan, and uh, those are some good guys that are out there. One of uh, one of the Nathaniel and Lee used to work for them, and that's just been a good recommendation. It's worked for just about everybody. It backs everything up, and, and uh, it, it works pretty well. Windows and Mac and a bunch of other environments, Lopta, you'll always come up with one that I have no idea what that is. But uh, it, it works on just about everything. So, Randy, that's why our crash plan recommendation. If you're backing up your stuff, man, we just really like crash plan. We've been using that. A lot of the folks here use it and recommend it. So it's it's uh, no no media file restrictions. No, you can you can back just about anything. I would go out to crashplan.com and read all the the um, the info on there. Mike Howard has is uploading actually about four terabytes to it right now. He had it once before, and the set got messed up, so he's uh, redoing it again. And uh, no, no restrictions for the most part. I'm sure you know. No doesn't always mean no. I'm sure there's some things that that you could break it with for sure. That's just the way tech guys are. But uh, we really like that. Check Randy, check that out. And if you haven't, if you're not backing your stuff up, 
we have, we don't do home server shows every week now, so we don't get to remind you. But if you're not backing your stuff up, chances are you're going to lose it. And I just went through an exercise with a guy at work, thousands and thousands of pictures. He handed over it to a tech guy. The tech guy just formatted the drive and put Windows back on it and lost all his pictures. And fortunately, we were able to run that drive through Recuvia and pick those many of those pictures back up. He was very, very appreciative that I got most of the pictures back for him. But today I gave him a coupon for Crash Plan and said, Kurt, I'd like you to go sign up for this and um, and do that. The other nice thing about Crash Plan, of course, with the web app or with the uh, with the Android or iPhone app, you can get to individual files on the cloud as well, too. So if you got something backed up and you just need access to it, you can log in through your Crash Plan account on Android or iOS and be able to get that file. All right, guys, we'll stay around. I'll hang out a little bit for the post show, but this will end it. Man, we're under an hour. That's kind of crazy. We have pushed through this and, uh, and and got it done. Everybody likes to back up in their own way, but uh, we made it through the show. I want to say thanks to Derek uh, Labian for coming out and being a part of what uh, we're doing tonight. Got a couple of things coming up for you as well, so hang tight when we... Um, uh, here we are actually going to look at next week. I'm still lining up a guest for next week, but in two weeks uh, we've got, uh, and I shut that window already. I probably shouldn't have done that, but we have, let me pull that up real quick. Sorry if you're listening in the car. I don't mean to waste your time. But, um, yeah, actually in uh, on the 14th of August we have Social Bro. We've been talking about them on Ask the Podcast Coach. Very interesting social media manager for Twitter. And so if you're, if you're a Twitter fan, or even if you're not, they're doing some interesting analytics with Twitter. So uh, August 14th, Social Bro is coming out. They're, they're, really, they're in the U.K., so we're actually going to record that 7.30 in the morning, and then I'll play that show live here so you guys can uh, catch that interview live. And then on the 21st, if you're into automation at all, home automation or um, a social automation or any of those kinds of things, Zapier, it's another tool I've been using for the last couple months. Z-A-P-I-E-R, Wade Foster will be on from Zapier. And we're, and then we're coming back around in August with some of the shows that we used to do with the guys. So we'll have Gordon Schmidt back and Nathaniel Lindley's coming back. I got Kyle Wilcox on the line. We'll get to bring some of the guys back in and end up there in back in the community mode. All right. If you're driving, you get a few extra minutes of your time back to listen to another podcast. This will end it. For Home Gadget Geeks here on July 31st, I want to say happy August to you by the time you're listening to this recorded version. It's already August, and if you've made it all the way to the end of the show, you're already one of the most engaged listeners that I have, and I'll say thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday night. I don't have a guest yet, but we'll be back next Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live, and uh, we'll say goodnight, everybody. 